0: everybody, and welcome to episode 7 of This Black Bear Has 28 Minutes, a Kootenai Arts and Culture podcast. This podcast is brought to you by an amazing team of students of the Selkirk College Creative Writing Program alongside amazing collaborators from across the Kootenais. I'm Tressa.
1: And I'm Clayton, and we'll be your hosts today. If you're looking for ways to connect and get inspired in the Kootenais and beyond during the ongoing COVID times, look no further. Each episode features interviews, readings, reflections, and more.
0: This episode showcases plays and poetry. We've got two radio plays this time around. One is written by creative writing student and our own co-host, Clayton Fenwick, and the other is by creative writing student Regan Innes. We cap off this episode with longtime contributor Bree Harwood, who is going to be introducing her up and coming poetry chapbook. Without further ado, let's start with A Silent Meditation Retreat, a gentle comedy about spiritual retreats, their joys and their trials. Very apt for this area, written by Clayton and performed by Clayton, Cooper, and Nile.
2: Take me home to the place.
3: hi there
1: hello how, how's it going
3: good here for the retreat yep this your first retreat
1: yeah what about you
3: I'm a long-term volunteer I've been here for about three months now
1: wow that's so awesome
3: it's necessary
1: that's a bit intense <laughs> Wow, these rooms are kind of small. Yeah, really.
4: I'm Joey. Steve. I hope you don't mind. I took the bottom bunk.
1: Oh yeah, that's fine.
4: Is this your first retreat? Yep. You? Second. I did one in India a year ago.
1: Wow. That must have been a cool experience.
4: Yeah, it was difficult though. It was so hot and there were hundreds of students. It was very impersonal and difficult to find an opening to talk to the teacher.
1: Right. Yeah, I can imagine.
4: So, uh, why did you decide to do a retreat?
1: Well, uh, my favorite author, Yuval Noah Harari, does Vipassana meditation. I want to check it out. He says he wouldn't have been able to write without the focus he learned from meditation. So I guess I want to learn that focus, too.
4: Oh, cool. What books has he written?
1: His most famous book is called Sapiens. Oh,
4: I've heard that one. It's, like, about human history?
1: Yeah, exactly. It goes in depth on a lot of topics, like humans as a species, mythology, history... Money, agriculture, and everything.
4: Do you read a lot?
1: Yeah, I do. I read every day. I think that's actually going to be the hardest part for me, is not reading. I don't think the 10 days of silence will be difficult, because I'm introverted. But yeah, I love reading. That'll be tough.
4: The meditation technique is pretty engaging once you get into it.
1: Oh, that's good to hear. So why did you decide to do a retreat?
4: I've always heard from my dad that meditating is like doing push-ups for your mind. So just like doing push-ups for staying in shape, a person should meditate to keep their mind strong.
1: Interesting. I'll have
4: to check out that book. Well, it's been nice meeting you. Good luck. I guess talk to you again in ten days.
1: Yeah, talk to you again in ten days. Taking refuge in Buddha? Taking refuge in the Triple Gem? How do I do that? Do I even want to do that? I thought this was non-religious. The meditation hall is nice, though. I need to fall asleep. It's an early day tomorrow. And an early day every day. 10 days is a long time. Refuge in the Triple Gem? What is that? The Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha? Buddha lived thousands of years ago. The Dhamma is the natural law of the universe. And the Sangha is the community of fellow meditators. The five precepts should be easy to follow, though. I hope breakfast is good. I need to fall asleep. It's so peaceful here we're all meditating so well. This shouldn't be too hard. Ten days of this might not be long enough. It's so peaceful. The morning sun is beautiful. I need to keep my eyes closed. Just breathe and pay attention to the sensations below the nostrils. Just breathe. It's so effortless, so peaceful. It's kind of nice not talking to anyone. can feel my breath going all the way up my nostrils. The sensation of it entering and going up, and then exhaling. The air is so fluid. I'm truly immersed in the atmosphere. I'm like a tree. I'm still hungry. Would it be greedy to have a third piece of fruit? It's intense the volunteers don't get any fruit. I can do this. I can skip one meal. But I'm still hungry. I didn't eat enough at lunch. At least the second day is almost done. Only one more evening meditation, and then the discourse. Country roads, take me home to the place. I belong... Ah, the song keeps popping into my head. We can't listen to music, can't write. I wish I could have a good book with my tea. It's okay, I just have to go back to my breath. I need to stay focused even if I'm not meditating. Remain equanimous. Why is that guy in the robe chewing so loud? The same walking path every day, the same routine. My body is getting stiff from sitting. It's the same old path. But I still wish we could walk out here more. There are approximately eight wood chips across the path, wit wise. And maybe two or three wood chips deep. Let's count. Maybe twenty-four thousand wood chips along this path. It is beautiful out here. Only seven and a half days to go. Some of the people here walk so slow. It's like they're in a daydream. I wanted to turn into Batman. I wanted to turn into a dog. Okay, what? It's just intrusive thoughts. Focus on the breath. But I don't even like Batman. I like Marvel. And I like cats. Why? Okay. Focus on the breath. I miss reading. And I miss my phone. All we do is sit all day. I need more exercise. This is going to take forever. Back to my breath. My whole body feels alive. Scanning every sensation across my body is so much better than focusing just on the breath. I see why they restrict us now, to build our concentration. I'm in the hands of people who know what they're doing. I need to trust the process, and trust Yuval Noah Harari. He wouldn't steer me wrong. This is incredible. My whole body feels energized. I feel like I can do this new technique for hours, and I'm so lucky. All I have is hours ahead of me. Uh, Hi, yes, I was just wondering, Uh, I'm feeling very good and like, for example, when I heard the dinner bell, I thought, what a lovely sound, and I enjoyed it. And I was just wondering, am I still allowed to take pleasure in the sights and sounds? Am I still allowed to enjoy things? Or should I be neutral?
3: Of course, of course, you can still enjoy things. It's just we practice to not become attached to the things we enjoy, to not become attached to the sound of the dinner bell and begin craving it when it is not
1: there. Right. Okay, thank you. I'm halfway there, under five days to go. I don't feel so hungry or bored anymore. The pain is just sensations. I don't feel as much craving or as much aversion. Holy, I'm in the moment. Country roads, take me home, to the place, I belong, West Virginia, Mount, oh, I'm thinking of that song again, that's okay, am I still in the moment, it's kind of a peaceful song, reminds me of my friends in kayaking, okay, back to scanning the body, let's start at the top of the head. Harari said that he probably learned more about humanity during his first Vipassana retreat than he did in his whole life before. He's right. I see the patterns humans are operating with. I wish I could write this down or double-check my notebook. I've been avoiding reality. That's what we do. We avoid reality. We break up the present moment into fractions, things to look forward to and things to reminisce on. We fracture the natural change of life into plans and cherished memories so we can always be engaged in something. These discourses are keeping me sane, though. Every evening, I have something to look forward to. I wish I could read them afterwards, too. Goenka is imparting so much wisdom. Sometimes I wish our teachers here were more like him. The water feels so good, I'm so lucky to be alive. Country roads, take me home, to the place, I belong, come come on, again? I miss my family, I miss my friends, I feel so alone here. Is this reality when everything is stripped away, to be alone and with nothing? To have no purpose. To be nothing. Add it to my soul. What? I don't even believe I have a soul. I'm becoming more aware of my thoughts. Why are they so strange? Is it me thinking these things? Or are the thoughts coming from somewhere? From my unconscious? Whose hair is that? Probably Sydney, that guy with the long hair. I can't wait to have my own bathroom again. Screw this place, it's changing me. I feel like all of my passion and fire is being sucked out of me. I'm just supposed to be passive, that's the solution? To be passive? I just feel so different. I know I can do it, I can finish this retreat. There's only one more day to go, I've made it. I just feel so different. I thought this would be easier. Even though Harari said it would be difficult, I still didn't think it would be this difficult. I'm starting to understand why we take refuge in Buddha. There's no escape. There's no escape from life. I've never wanted to escape before. I've just wanted to fix the problems I see. But now that I see our situation, I feel like we're trapped. Trapped in a way that I never imagined. Oh God, Harari, help me. The pain doesn't go away. The boredom doesn't go away. Not really. Any progress I've made, I've forgotten. Has this just been a waste of time? Why can't we write things down? That might actually be helpful, wouldn't it? I've forgotten everything I've realized. Still an hour to go in this sitting, but it's like, if I just close my eyes, suddenly an hour will have passed. What if I could just snap my fingers and an hour would pass? I close my eyes and suddenly open them and then the hour is gone. But if I could do that, then I'd miss it on an hour of life. I'd miss it on this. Getting to know my suffering. Vipassana is seeing things as they are, and I'm seeing my life for what it is. The retreat's almost over. I thought I would feel different. I'm proud I did it. I think I learned some focus. I think I see some of what Harari talked about, but it also seems fuzzy. I feel good though, but it's like something is on the tip of my tongue, but I can't remember what. Hey man, we made it! How was it? I felt like a lot of push-ups. I feel both exhausted and refreshed. How about for you?
4: I feel like I understand the technique a lot better. And I hope that I can move forward with this and keep meditating with the right practice. I know I can do the work, it's just sometimes I doubt if my effort is properly placed, you know? But I feel like I understand the technique better now this time around. Hey, uh, mind if I sit with you guys? Uh, Not at all. So, how was your experiences? It's it's nice to talk again, hey? I feel like I understand the technique a lot better. This is my second retreat and it's making a lot more sense what the practice is and how to do it.
3: It's a surprising thing, meditation. Just when you think you've got it, it evolves in you. How about you there?
1: Oh, yeah, it's my first retreat. I think it was good. Yeah, the discourses were engaging and the food was good and I feel happy I made it. But it's just that I think I've forgotten everything I learned. Oh Really? <laughs> yeah. It's like I forgot. Forgot something important. <laughs> After 10 full days of meditating, you forgot how to do it? <laughs> Not how to meditate, just my realizations about life and the things I learned and worked through. I couldn't write them down. They seemed lost.
3: Oh, oh, well, Vipassana isn't really an uh, intellectual pursuit.
1: But isn't the point to see things as they are, to see reality? How can I see reality if I can't, you know, describe it?
3: Why do you need language to see? Philosophy is all well and good, but it's full of ego. Language can only ever approximate.
1: Full of ego? And that approximation is what gives mind clarity. And I feel I had it at moments, but lost it. It's all in flux. It's maddening. I found my
4: mind thinking a lot during the 10 days, and I had to keep bringing myself back to my breath, back to the sensations. Vipassana is like learning to gain control of ourselves. Exercises that can help us take control when our mind wanders into judgments or anxiety. But the funny thing is, there's nowhere to go once you gain control. That's why we have the breath exercises and the sensations. The mind needs something to focus on. It's neutral. It's not philosophical. It's like you said when you first got here. Focus. Just focus. And gradually, the other things resolve themselves. If we can get out of the way and stop fretting. It's okay that you forgot. If you need to, you'll remember. And if you don't, it's okay. Hmm, well said. Well said.
1: Yeah, that actually makes sense. I feel a bit of relief hearing that. Interesting.
2: Yesterday, country road.
0: That's a fascinating glimpse into a way of life I've never known much about. Thanks for giving us such a balance of the joys and challenges of these types of retreat.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it was inspired by the Dama Surabi retreat outside of Merritt, BC. Next up, we have The Latte, a humorously relevant play about a foray into a post-COVID world, written by Regan Innes and performed by creative writing students Kendra Johnson, Evan Maine, and Regan Innes.
5: You can do this, Jillian. You deserve a treat. It's no big deal. Just turn off the radio and get out of the car. You've spent the last two years helping others, working your butt off in that damn ICU. Remember what Jessica said. You deserve self-care. It's just a cup of coffee. What's the worst that could happen?
6: It looks like the coronavirus is now a thing of the past. Record-breaking low case numbers are letting people get back to a sense of normalcy. On now is Dr. Eric Jones, one of the province's top psychiatrists, to discuss the lasting impacts.
5: Ha! That's one way to put it.
6: Dr. Jones, now that the pandemic has officially been labeled as endemic, such as the common cold, what do you see as the greatest challenges we face as we prepare for this new reality?
2: Well, Steve, I think we need to brace for an entire generation of people that don't know how to be a part of a community. Our studies have shown that people no longer feel comfortable in public or interacting with peers.
6: Are you saying people no longer know how to socialize?
2: Stupid radio. I never knew how. That's exactly right. It's a sort of selective amnesia. Several people we conducted interviews with even spoke about how they can't remember a time when they weren't scared of catching the virus. And these were people going to crowded concerts only a couple of years ago.
6: Wow, that's really eye-opening. Who would you say has been the most affected?
2: There's no getting away from it. Everyone has been affected in some way. My generation is the one that has been terrified to lose our elderly parents. Children have had to grow up in a strange new world where their teachers are on a screen, and they can't go to birthday parties. Young adults have had it especially rough. They can no longer rely on having the traditional college experience. Now that's a shame. Ha, a shame indeed.
6: The level of loneliness for people has been unprecedented.
2: Hard to eat pizza and
5: watch Tomb Raider at 3 a.m. when a tube is helping you breathe.
6: This is all unsurprising. I've heard from so many guests on this show that they aren't sure how to reintegrate back into society after everything they've been through. Is there any good news?
2: Well, moving forward, we know that people are incredibly resilient. While there may be an awkward adjustment period, I wouldn't be surprised if people are able to bounce back. I like to say there ain't no use in crying over spilled coffee. We'll come out on the other side of this.
6: Ha! I believe the saying goes, there's no use crying over spilled milk.
2: Technically, you're right. But like everything else these last couple of years, things have had to change. The dairy shortage had me rethinking things, including age-old sayings. Resilient, if I hear that word
5: one more goddamn time, I'm going to lose my mind.
2: You can do this. You can do this. Orders up. Decaf, dairy-free, honey, almond sugar-free, vanilla latte with extra whip, no foam. Can I get one
5: small latte, please? Just a latte? Yeah, I I like to keep it simple.
2: For here or to go? Um, to go, please. That'll be $6.73.
5: $6.? Never mind. Here you go. Uh, receipt? Uh, what? Would you like your receipt? Oh, no, thanks. Sorry, I haven't been out in a really long time.
2: Uh, no problem, just stand over there, please. Ugh, why are you like this?
6: No way, Jill! Is that you? Uh, It's been forever. I almost didn't recognize you. Weird times, isn't it? I just stopped wearing my mask last week and it feels like I'm walking around naked.
5: Oh, hi. Yeah, I haven't been out much in the last couple of years. I don't think I've seen you since-
6: Jack's college party, yeah. That was back when we used to actually have parties. You and I escaped to the back porch to talk about switching majors. Uh, me to astronomy from engineering and you to-
5: English from nursing, that's right. I remember now.
6: Uh, are you okay? Uh, you look like you're shaking.
5: Oh yeah, I'm fine. Uh, just not used to socializing, you could say. Uh,
6: how have you been?
5: Oh, you know, fine. I've been working at the hospital mostly. What about you?
6: Ah, it seems like we both weren't adventurous enough to change programs. I work at a new startup engineering engineering firm in town called Best Breath. I know, I know, it sounds lame. But we're trying to create HVAC systems that can detect viruses and alert people by Bluetooth.
2: (laughs) Orders up, large flat white mocha with extra white chocolate drizzle.
6: Oh god, you caught me. That's embarrassing. It's just so good with the chocolate.
2: Don't worry, I've seen it all, But
6: Well, anyway, it was good to see you. Maybe we could hang out sometime and uh, catch up.
5: Achoo! Oh god, oh no, this is bad. That person just spewed their germs everywhere. Those air-sized particles are making their way to my bronchi right now. What can I do? Wait, calm down, Jillian. The pandemic is over. You have nothing to worry about.
6: Uh, anyway, it was just an idea. Uh, see you around.
5: Order's up. Small latte. Oh, right. Thanks. Uh, Wait, Nick, I'd love to. Ah!
2: No, no! That's rough. Uh, At least you can't see the live, laugh, love quote on the front of your shirt anymore. Need napkins? I've got like a hundred back here and it looks like you'll need them. Yes, please. If I can just get
5: the drink to stop drifting off my shirt, then I can let Nick know that it'd be nice to catch up. We can go to dinner, and he can see how well I'm doing. You mean that guy walking out the door? Ugh, why do I even bother?
0: Funny and way too relatable. Spilling coffee in public is one of my worst nightmares. And spilling a
1: $6 small latte, no less. All right, for our final piece, we have Bree Hartwood introducing her up-and-coming poetry chapbook, Unmentionables.
7: Hey guys, Bree here. Uh, you might have heard me in a few of the previous podcast episodes, um, which is kind of cool. Um, anyways, I just wanted to take a moment to talk about my poetry chat book, uh, Unmentionables, that's coming out. It um, should be out at different local shops in May if everything, you know, keeps going according to plan, which I'm sure it will. Um, yeah, thanks to the Columbia Basin Trust and Columbia Kootenai Cultural Alliance for sponsoring the project and making it possible. Um, basically it's a collection of like 14 poems I've been working super hard on for the past little while and some fantastic art by local Nelson artist Skyra LaFramboise who was able to just create such a cute, like, witchy, um, aesthetic for the whole thing. So, yeah, I'm really excited about it. So, I've got three poems from it to read for today um, introduction, which is kind of like a overall vibe-ish of the book itself, um, in between and dead things, which hopefully can kind of give you a bit of an idea what the book's all about. Um, yeah, if you guys end up seeing in shops, feel uh, free to pick one up. Introduction. Disconnected dots on a page. Vague outlines of a personality still etched in pencil. A design like vapor, formless. Splattered ink lacking interpretation, lacking substance. The emptiness of blank paper, the potential of it. A pen gripped in the hand of an amateur god. Torn parchment, eraser lines and spelling mistakes. fractural, unfinished, without promise of completion. Dead Things All of my poems are about miseries and not-quite-deaths, personal tragedies and unmentionables. I do not write about gurgling brooks or the smell of an old book found in the neglected corners of small-town shops. I write only about my own decay and the mold growing within the marrow of my bones. If I could release my soul, it would grow into weeds, breaking through my exposed ribcage, Becoming, scattering seeds until I grow a forest. But I am stuck within the words held still in my gaping mouth, staining my teeth black with ink not spent on happier things. I cannot let go of this forest floor corpse, creating poetry out of ancient dead things. I do not know how. In between, I am no longer confined to the spaces between one breath and another, no longer capable of contorting my body like a line connecting binaries. Instead, find me within pen and paper, within the liminal dusk stretching across sky. I am constructing the in-betweens, the definitively chaotic spaces of ambiguity, the unmoldable occupying the places where colors collide, creating conglomerations of sound.
0: I've always found a profound and beautiful eeriness in Bree's poetry. Listening to her work gives me shivers.
1: Yeah, I love the imagery in the line, forest floor corpse and writing poetry on ancient dead things.
0: Really beautiful stuff. With that cheerful imagery, that's going to be all for now, folks.
1: An enormous thank you to everybody who contributed to our episode today. If you like what you heard, you can find a lot of the work on our website, blackbearreview.ca.
0: An extra special thank you to Kootenai Band, The Hilties, for the use of their songs Hocus Pocus and Ride the Wave. You can find their recent album, Sunshine, at thehilties.bandcamp.com. That's spelled H-I-L-L-T-I-E-S. Go check them out and support local music talent.
1: And thanks to everyone who helped out in the producing of this episode, especially Bree Harwood for her chat book segment, Karina Custom, team player, Cooper Husband and Niall Jacobson for voice acting, Evan Main, voice acting, Joff Gibbs for sound editing, Kendra Johnson, voice acting, Cody Brunner, team player, Lisa Dean and Renee Harper, our faculty advisors, Regan Innes for voice acting and her radio play, Tara May Box, our managing editor,
0: Clayton Fenrick for his radio play and co-hosting,
1: and Tressa Ford for script and co-hosting.
0: If you want to read your own work on our podcast, don't hesitate. You can send your pieces to the Blackberry Review at gmail.com. That's Blackberry Review at gmail.com, all one word, with the subject line, podcast guest reader submission.
1: And don't forget to check out our page, blackbearreview.ca, for all your Kootenai poetry, fiction, nonfiction, and art needs. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram.
0: And of course, Join us again next episode for more amazing conversations and performances. We're so excited to share another episode of inspiration and artistic expression when we meet again.
1: Goodbye for now. Be safe out there. Be kind, be resilient, and never stop being creative.